Welcome to Highlawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We're so glad you've decided to join us, and now we invite you to grab your Bible, if you're able, as we pray that you will be blessed by the preaching of the truth of God's Word today. Thank you all for coming out this evening. Uh, it is my pleasure to introduce someone who is very much a friend of this church and someone that has honored us by coming out this way the West Virginia Baptist Convention Minister of Finance and Mission, uh, Todd McClure. But before we welcome him up, let's do something radical. Let's talk to God together. If you'll bow your hearts with me. Heavenly Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace this, after, this evening. Uh, first of all, to thank you for the friendship that you have given us, which is the church, as well as the cooperative alliance that is our convention and the many wonderful works that it has undertaken, both for the spreading of your name and for the, uh, the spreading of your love. So join with us now. Um, help to instill within us a spirit to be the hands and feet of Christ, Lord, to continue to work in tandem together, uh, not, just for, not just for the sake of numbers, Lord, but to bring glory to your name and to bring mercy and hope to those who desperately need it. For it is in the matchless name of Christ we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go to talk. Thank you, Jason. And, and it's great to be with you. Um, I've, I, I say this every single time that I, that I come, but um, uh, the first time that I came, um, there was prayer requests being offered up for Bet Womack, which is my grandmother's sister, um, or grandmother's sister-in-law. Uh, Homer was my grandmother's uh, brother, and so uh, that just really touched me the first time I came here, and I think I've been here probably a dozen times now and uh, feel very much at, at home here with you. Um, uh, tonight, uh, Jason just asked if I would, one, just give a little bit of a, a West Virginia Baptist Convention and missions update, um, as well as just look at Scripture with you um, just briefly. And so, um, if, if you have your Bibles, I just want to invite you to Matthew chapter 28. Um, we're not going to do a very in-depth Bible study. Um, this is just going to be, you know, in, in some sense, maybe just a, a simple, a simple one. Um, but one that I feel like churches across our state and churches across our nation haven't quite grasped, um, the significance of. And so in Matthew chapter 28, uh, we're going to look here at the very end, uh, this, the passage known as the Great Commission. Uh, this is Jesus speaking, uh, looking down at verse 19. Or we'll start back in verse 18. It says, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pause there. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And the word that I really want to zoom in on is the word go. Now, let me tell you what we Christians typically do when we come to a passage like this. And historically, we form small groups and we you know, 
discipleship groups or Sunday school classes and we studied together, you know, what would it look like if we were to actually go? And we sit and we talk about it. Or in some cases, we, we memorize it. How many of you have memorized this, this passage? Great Commission. Yeah, I think, you know, this is, this is one of the go-to passages. You know, we, we, we memorize it. Or, uh, we go to conferences about it or, 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 or we talk about it or even seminary. I remember seminary class. We looked at the Greek word. Um, and guess what the Greek word means? It means go. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's what it means. But we spend all this time trying to understand and, and, and grasp what does Jesus mean when he says go? And what he means is, 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 is go. Just to kind of put a, a just a, a parallel, um, to this of, of, of what this would look like, just to kind of make fun of this just a little bit. Again, us, as Christians, uh, I was talking, uh, just a little bit, uh, just about my, my, my kids. I have an eight year old and a six year old. And so imagine um, this evening I, I go home and, and tell my, my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, Abby, okay, Abby, I want you to go clean your room. And she goes for 15 minutes, and, and I finally I go and check on her, and, and I see that she's sitting there with her brother, Jehiah, and I, and I ask her, okay, you haven't done anything. What, what I, you know, I told you to clean your room. Yes, well, you know, we heard you, but instead, you know, Jehiah and I decided to sit and discuss, you know, what it would look like to actually clean, clean the room. <laughs> or, or, you know, my, my son speaks up and he says, Dad, I memorized what you said. You said, go clean your room. My daughter speaks up and says, I can even say it in Greek. <laughs> you, I, again, as, as, as a father, as a parent, you know, how am I going to respond? You know, oh, well done. That's, that's exactly what I wanted you to do, Right. Now I'm going to say, no, I'd clean your room. It's been 15, 20 minutes. What I want you to do is, is, is clean your room. But again, just thinking back to this, 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 this concept, again, hopefully you're, you're getting the point. Um, the last words of Jesus, the last words that Jesus gives us is the command to go and make disciples. But again, how much time do we spend trying to figure out what all of this, what all of this means? The theme that the West Virginia Baptist Convention has adopted this year is the theme of intentionally engaging communities for Christ. This came about really from the statistic that we, that we came across, and I think I've quoted it the last time I was here, that um, somewhere between 80 and 90% of West Virginia is unchurched. It's a really high statistic. Somewhere between 80 and 90% of West Virginia is unchurched. And the vast majority of people who were surveyed on, on, on that particular questionnaire said that they're not interested in coming to an existing church. Uh, Jason was at the, our convention's annual meeting. Uh, were you there Friday as well? Okay, so um, you heard Michael Beck. Uh, so Michael Beck was our keynote speaker. And, and one of the things that, uh, that, that Michael really challenged us to consider is just this idea of, of going outside the walls of our, of our building and engaging the communities. And, and one of the things that, that he shared was, um, again, referring back to surveys, was that 40% of Americans surveyed said that they'll never step foot into a church. Now, just interacting with me here, just, just a moment, what are some of those reasons that, 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 that you think? Shame, okay. 
What else? Okay, yeah. <laughs> They're mean or we're mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe both. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Yeah, the hypocrisy of the church. Yeah. You know, fear of, of the building, you know, caving in on them as they come in. Again, this shame, the shame thing. Yeah. An interesting, an interesting statistic that Michael Beck shared with us, and again, I've never thought about it in, in this way, was that nearly 40% of Americans work on Sundays. They, they, they work on Sundays. So again, as you think about medical professions or, or again, whatever, whatever it would be, and again, sometimes it's by choice and sometimes it's not by choice, but again, that, that's a large demographic that is not, is not being reached. And sometimes that's not even by choice on, the, on their part. Again, some it's because of shame, some it's because of this or that, some it's just because, again, they, they don't even have the ability to, to come on Sundays because, of, because they have to, to earn a living. Um, and, and so, you know, to think that, you know, we can just stay put in these walls and people are going to come, it's not going to happen. You know, gone are the days. You guys live through this, this day. You know, maybe, maybe you as well. But at, at, at one point in time, church was, you know, had a significant role in the culture, Right? You know, family was, was the main influence in, in someone's life, and the church was the main influence on, on the family. Now, that's not the case anymore. You know, family is no longer the main influence even on, 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 on the individual because you have, you have television, you have school, you have Facebook, you have all of these, these, these outside influences, and so the, the family is becoming less prominent you know, there's less dinner conversations around around the dinner table. There's there's less time of, of families you know being together because they're being pulled in, in a thousand different directions. In the same sense, the church has has less influence on 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 the family. So I think you know just even even just to say um, or, or just to expect that that the people are going to come in here isn't always going to be the case. You know the, the the various outreach strategies that that we see um, with 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 churches, and again, not trying to to poke fun or, or or to insult or anything like that. But again, I just want I want you to compare what we are doing to what this you know this passage that we just read. You know we we have um, outreach programs where we invite people to come into the building. Or it's an invite a friend Sunday, you know, come, come to church. Or it's, it's homecoming, you know, come, come into the building. Or we have AA groups or, you know, various other outreaches to try to get people to come into where we are, to cross the bridge over to where we are, into our comfort zone. But again, the vast majority of people who have been surveyed are saying, we're not going to come. But again, we go back to this 2,000-year-old teaching <laughs> where it says, therefore, go. And again, I just kind of wondered, you know, do we have things backward? Again, we, we know this passage, we memorize this passage, we study this passage, and the way we apply this passage is by inviting people to come to us. But again, the command here is, is, is to go. And so really one of the things that, again, we've been wrestling with, with the convention is, is trying to figure out how can we 
equip our churches to be goers. Um, you know, there, there was a, a, a popular theologian who once said that the mark of a great church is not, a, is not its seating capacity, but rather its sending capacity. I think it's a really good quote. It's, it's, it, the mark of a great church is not the seating capacity. How many people can you fit in here? But rather, how many people can, can you send out? Now, the one, the one good thing that I think did come out of, of a, you know, my Greek class and the study of this passage is that you know, they pointed out to me that this word go is actually a present participle. And when they said that to me, I was like, that means absolutely nothing to me. You know, I, I have no clue what a present participle is. But they went on to say, you know, the, the, the word go could also be translated to mean as you are going. So, so go and as you are going, as you're going throughout your day, make disciples. Again, that, that's what this particular passage is, is, is saying. And so as, as you're going throughout your day, how many of you have grandkids? Do you have grandkids? How many? Eight grandkids. How many grandkids do you have? Okay, six. So I'm sure you, you, you interact with your grandkids some, right? You know, one of the, one of the things that, that we've just emphasized with, through the convention just over the past year um, is, is, is intentional biblical grandparenting. You know, did you know that as, as grandparents, you have a role to play and a responsibility to play in your grandchildren's lives? Again, another statistic we came across in West Virginia, more than 50% of, of kids are being raised or at least partially raised by their, by their grandparents. Again, because of the opioid ep- epidemic and everything else. But um, especially in West Virginia, grandparents have a, a very significant role to play in the lives of, of, of their grandchildren. And so, again, what if, we, what if it looked like, um, as you are going, you know, as, as you are spending time with, with, with your grandchildren, you know, what if you could you know, take the opportunity to intentionally make disciples, invest into them, you know, share the truth about Jesus with them? Not necessarily, yes, invite them to come, come here, but, but even on, on family vacations. You know, even as you're going to sporting events, even as you're going to school events, even as you're, as, as you're interacting with them over the phone or FaceTime or whatever that, that would look like, you know, make disciples as you are going. Not just with grandchildren, obviously with, 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 with children as well. You know, again, a, a, a big thing that the church, I think, has, has done is, is, you know, we hire children's pastors, we hire youth pastors, and we bring our kids to the church and, and, and you know, pawn them off on the youth pastor and say, again, this is your responsibility to disciple my kid. Well, again, Scripture never, never says that. Again, I could go, you know, we could spend a whole lesson on, on just the responsibility of, of parents and on grandparents to disciple their, their children. So even as you are going throughout your day with your kid, taking them to school, picking them up, you know, Deuteronomy talks about, Deuteronomy 6 talks about um, as, as, as you're lying down, as you're getting up, as you're, as you're going along the way, um, talk about these things. Teach, you know, teach them. Um, you know, as, as you are going to the grocery store, you know, what, what if we looked at that as being an opportunity to, to you know, interact with, with, with people? You know, to talk to them about, about Jesus. Uh, I, I remember I, I had an evangelism class when I was in seminary, and um, my assignment one week was to evangelize. <laughs> and so I, I, I remember on Monday morning, I was supposed to talk with one person about Jesus. And I remember on Monday morning, I got up and I, I prayed and I said, all right, God, please give me an opportunity today. 
And I went throughout my day, went to work, went to the grocery store, did you know all of my various extracurricular activities, got to the end of the day and said, all right, God didn't give me one today. So Tuesday morning, I woke up again and I said, God, you know, please give me an opportunity. Wednesday, I woke up. God, give me an opportunity. Thursday, I woke up. God, I have to turn this in by, by tomorrow. God, give me an opportunity. And it was finally Thursday night that I began to realize on any given day, I get up, I go outside, I say hello to my neighbors, I get in my car, I drive to work, I interact with, with you know, at, at the time, a couple hundred different people at my work. I get back in my car, I drive home, I go to the grocery store, you know, pass however many dozen of people in the grocery store. I go out to eat and, you know, I have a waiter or a waitress and, and there's a bunch of people sitting around me. We're, we're there with friends and I, and I go back and it, it finally just dawned on me. It was, it was almost as if God was saying, Todd, you know, open your eyes. I've given you like 400 opportunities today. You know, just, just make use of one of them. And finally, it was Friday morning that I was just like, you know, I've been praying for opportunities. God's just been pouring out opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Now I just got to pray for boldness, just, just to actually do it. God's giving us opportunities. Again, as you go throughout your day, make disciples. Again, that's, that, that's what we're called to do. So again, we, we, we've come to this theme of, of intentionally engaging communities for Christ. And one of the things that we're challenging people to consider is, is where has God already placed you? Not that you have to create an, an, another mission field and go do something different, but where are you already spending your time and how can you leverage that, leverage those relationships for the sake of, of, of making disciples? And so we have, we have one individual who, um, that, w- that we've been working with who um, works at CAMC. She works in the NICU. And during COVID, she, she was really challenged with this, this, this thought, with this idea. And so she, she began, you know, wondering, okay, you know, all of my coworkers are, are working in this high stressful environment as, as, you know, working with these, 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 you know, often premature babies and just dealing with their families and just everything that comes along with that. You know, what if we could just gather once a week just, just for prayer? And so she invited her coworkers, and they began gathering for prayer. And then, of course, there's, there's the morning shift, there's the night shift, and they weren't overlapping, but they wanted to be a part of it as well. So they created a Facebook group um, to be able to share prayer requests with, with, with one another, which then that led into once a week having a Zoom Bible study with all of the nurses of the CAMC NICU unit. And again, this, this is where you know, this lady's already spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and now she's looking at, okay, how can I, can I reach these women who I'm spending more time with than I am, you know, in the building of, 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 of the church. And how can I make disciples in this environment? We have another individual who, um, uh, is, is, is taking care of their, um, of, of one of their, of, of one of their parents who is now in an assisted living. And so, you know, they're going to visit their family or their, their, their parent every single day. So again, they're thinking, okay, as I'm going there every single day, you know, there's other families coming in and out. What if we could somehow, you know, start a prayer group, start a Bible study, you know, with the various individuals of the assisted care living place, as well as the families that are coming in. And so they started up this Bible study, again, this place where they're already going to try to leverage that for the sake of, of reaching people outside the walls of the church. Others have, have, have started Bible studies at, 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 um, one of the examples given to us at the annual meeting was um, 
a couple people had a, had a passion for, for Moe's Southwestern Grill. They went there every week to eat burritos together. And so they said, okay, what, what if we just, while we're eating, while we're eating burritos, let's just have, have a Bible study together. And so now they have started this, this, this once a week, they call it Bibles and Burritos, and they, they eat burritos together and they study the Bible together. But again, around, surrounded, surrounded, um, around this, 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 this common interest in, in burritos. But again, the, the, these are people that, that, that they're reaching that would not otherwise step foot into a church building, but because they are, because they are going, they're reaching people. And again, I just come back to this, this, this passage, and I just wonder, you know, is this what the churches in West Virginia are missing? Is that what Highline Baptist Church is, is, is missing? Is that, is that what we are, are, are missing? What if we just live this thing out, and, and, and rather than being so concerned with how do we get numbers in here to grow Highline's attendance, what if we were more concerned with, you know, how can we grow the kingdom's attendance, whether they come in or not? Again, some, some will come, some may come, but some may not. But what about in your work environment? What about in your school? What about in your, among your, your, your family members or grandchildren or whatever restaurant you like to go to, wherever you spend your time, maybe on the golf course? What if we could use that as, as a means of, 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 of growing God's kingdom? Again, this command here um, to go and make disciples. I just want you to see that... The, this command is, is sandwiched with, with two incredible promises of Christ. First, there in verse 18, it says, And Jesus uh, came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. You know, if, you, if you've looked at the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew really highlights the authority of Jesus. That's one of the things that he puts on, on display. And Jesus has authority over sickness. He has authority over the wind and the waves. He has authority over the laws of science as he multiplies the bread. You know, he has, he has authority over, over even death itself as he, as he raises people from the, uh, from the dead. Again, Jesus has, has authority over healing. He has authority over sin. He has authority in his teaching. He has authority, authority, authority. And this is, this is highlighted all throughout the book of Matthew. And then you come to Matthew chapter 28. You reach the, the climax where he says, All authority. Again, I've just proven that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. You, you go in the full authority of Jesus, who, who has authority over, over breath, his authority over, over faith. He has authority over, over our words. He has authority over our life. He has authority over everything. And he says, I'm sending you with that full authority. Again, you can be confident. And then this, the, the promise that comes there at the end. And he says, and behold, I'm with you always. It's the very end of the age. Again, anywhere that you go, God's going to be with us. Anywhere that you go, that authority travels with us. So again, it's, it's not up to us, but all we have to do is, is, is just be faithful in, in, in going, <laughs> proclaiming the truth about Christ, and, and he's going to take care of, of all of it. Again, one last analogy. Again, just, just, just thinking, thinking this through. Any of you like football? Nobody? Football? Any of you watch football? Do, do you have a favorite football team? No? 
Okay, WVU. So um, imagine, imagine if you would, and that's not going to happen this year, but next year, WVU goes undefeated. <laughs> WVU goes undefeated, makes, makes the national championship. And, and um, since, since um, uh, you were the one faithful ones who showed up tonight in person, uh, Jason decides to use a little bit of the church budget to buy everyone who is here uh, front row seats uh, to the national championship game to watch watch West Virginia play. They're playing Alabama, and 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 you get out there and you're excited. You know West Virginia is on a roll, and um, you know they've won every game, and 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 so you know they win the coin toss. They get the ball first. They go out there. They huddle up. Very first play. You know huddle up, clap, and then they just run to the sideline. You think, okay, that's an odd an odd play. <laughs> You know, get a get a you know delay of delay of game penalty, and then you know they they go back out there and they they huddle up again and they they discuss it one two three break, and they go back to the sideline again. Come back out one two three break, and they go back to the sideline again. Eventually, Jason's gonna be wondering, okay, I, you know, I spent church money on this again. This this is this you know what what have I done? Again. You know, the reason you go to games and the reason you go to something like that is, is, is because you want to see them run the play, right? That, that's how you win the game. You, you, eventually, you want to see them run what they're actually talking about doing. Well, I think in many ways, as the church, or excuse me, as the world looks at the church, that's what we do every Sunday. That's what we do every, every Wednesday, where we, we, we huddle up inside the walls of, of, of this building and we discuss, we discuss this, this, this playbook and we say, okay, this, this is the play. Go, therefore, and, and make disciples. And then we, you know, we, we close out in, in prayer. One, two, three, break. And then we walk out the doors and we just go back to the sidelines. And again, we wonder why we're not accomplishing anything. Again, this playbook that he's given us, he tells you, you know, the, the thing's rigged. All you got to do is, is, is run the play it's going to happen. You go to the book of Revelation, again, we win. You go to the book of Revelation and there's people of every tribe and tongue and nation surrounding the throne of God. All that we have to do as a church is just run the play. It's going to work. But again, we try to figure out how can we get people to come in here? You know, how can we, how can we get people to come across the bridge to us? When this 2,000-year-old strategy that, he, that Jesus gave us was, was to go to them. So again, that's, that's the theme that, that we as West Virginia Baptist Convention has taken on this year. And that's the burden that, that God has really put on, on us. Again, not, not that, that the church building becomes any less significant, because I, I, I think people should come here. That's the reason I came here tonight. This is, this is, this is very, very important. But if the vast majority of, of West Virginians are not coming in here, and the vast majority of, of those surveyed said that they're not going to come in here, do we just write them off? Or do we try to find other ways to engage, engage them? Because we have connections. We're related to them. We work with them. We go to school with them. We eat with them. They're our neighbors. God has, has sovereignly put them around us for a reason, for the church to actually be the church. One of the other stories, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. You know, when, when um, 
my seminary professor pointed this out to me that this also means could mean as you are going. You know, I also pointed back out to him, you know, the fact that we also still have to be intentional about about going. <laughs> um, because, you know, as you are going, you know, most of us don't stumble across people from Afghanistan, right? And as you are going, we don't tend to, to you know, stumble across people who, you know, live on, on the other side of town than, than, than we do. Again, we still have to be intentional about going to where to where they are. So again, that becomes our theme of, of how can we more intentionally engage the communities around us for Christ. And so I just even want to want to ask you, or just kind of you know, this is this is this is your question. You know, what community are you a part of? Outside of, of Highland Baptist, what community are you a part of? And how can you intentionally engage that particular community for Christ? You know, this church has long engage much of, of West Virginia and our world, um, obviously by, by, by being here, but also through your support of the West Virginia Baptist Convention. I just even wanted to say, you know, take the opportunity tonight just to even say thank you. Um, uh, this, this church has long supported uh, Keith and Debbie Myers. I was with Keith and Debbie uh, yesterday. Um, have they been to, to visit here as part of their home assignment? Okay, they'll be here in February. So they, um, I was with them yesterday. Um, they um, have just finished up uh, 10 years uh, with International Ministries. They're getting ready to start their third term. A term with International Ministries is five years. And so um, they're getting ready to start the, their third term as they, as they travel back uh, to Mexico. They will be traveling back, I believe, May 1st. Um, and every Sunday is booked from now till May 1st um, as, as they're traveling around and visiting churches and, and, and partners. But um, they are intentionally engaging some of the various communities in Mexico, particularly some of the um, um, doing pastoral uh, pastoral training, um, women's leadership training. Um, that's something that does not exist in, in some of the communities that they are involved in. But um, I know that they're anxious to get here and, and, and visit. I've also reached out uh, to a couple of times. I ran into Je- uh, Jenny Pedzinski this summer. This church has been faithful for many years and, and supporting Jenny. Uh, Jenny just finished up a term in Thailand, um, and one of the things that, um, you know, the goal of every missionary is to work yourself out of a job, um, and she has worked herself out of a job, and so now she's, she's in a kind of a discernment phase of trying to figure out what is next for her. Um, when I say that she's worked herself out of a job, um, again, the goal is to raise up a national, so she has raised up a national Thai woman to basically do the ministry that she was doing, and now there's no longer need for a Western missionary presence. Again, that's, that's the goal. That's, that was Paul's goal as he traveled around was to raise up locals, to raise up a Timothy or raise up others to pastor. And, and again, that's one of the things that, that Jenny has done is, is raised up a national to take over the ministry that she was a part of. And so now she's in this discernment phase of trying to figure out what, what is next. Um, and again, I just want to say thank you for your support of her. Uh, thank you for your, your support of, of Baptist Campus Ministry. Um, you know, I have, I have, my wife and I uh, served as BCM directors at the University of Charleston for nearly 10 years. Uh, BCM has a presence on nine different campuses around the state, um, particularly at, at University of Charleston. We, we're no longer leading BCM, but one of the things that we, we are still doing is continuing to reach out to the international students. Um, we have international students in and out of our home and in, in and out of our cars. 
um, all the time. There's about 40 nationalities represented right at the University of Charleston. Um, and so coming up uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we'll be having a big Thanksgiving dinner for them. Last year we had like 70 people. Um, our table seats eight, so it was, it was a lot of people. But, um, but again, because of, because of your support of Baptist Campus Ministry, um, there, are, there are, are Bible studies taking place on, on nine different campuses and there are students being reached. And again, you are directly a part of, of, of that as well. Um, and, and just even your support of, of the West Virginia Baptist Convention as, as a whole, um, you know, supports all of our ministries. Um, it supports Camp Cowan. Uh, you know, we celebrated this year, 60 youth gave their lives to Christ at Camp Cowan this summer. Um, Parchment Valley, um, another 50 or 60 gave their lives to Christ at, at Parchment Valley this summer as well. And so, you know, as, as you think about, um, you know, the amount of people that it takes to put on a camp at Cowan, uh, this, this, this year, we had about 325 adult volunteers. We had 1,300 youth that came through. Um, you know, beyond that, it doesn't even count, you know, the, the number of people that stuffed envelopes, the number of people that opened the envelopes to help get kids registered, uh, the number of people that, 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 that prayed. Um, I mean, it, it takes hundreds or thousands of people to, to be able to host a camp like that. Again, that's, that's something that not one church could do by itself. But as, as, as a convention of churches, a family of churches, we, we can do things like that. We can engage the youth of our state for Christ. And again, it's, it, it's making an impact. You know, for, for kids to be able to step away from technology for a little bit of time, to step away from just the, the everyday stresses. Um, again, kids are, are, are being reached. One of the things, though, that, that we saw at Cowan um, this summer, and again, we're seeing it statewide, and, and you've probably seen it as well, um, the number of kids that came to camp this year with anxiety medicine, the number of kids that came to camp talking about depression, the number of kids that even made suicidal threats at camp, that's never happened before. You know, this year, multiple kids. Um, you know, mental health is, is, is you know, just, just the awareness of, of mental health is, is at an all-time high. You know, kids struggling, especially coming out of the pandemic, just, just, you know, heighten things. And so even as we go into this next year, our discipleship commission, that's one of the things that they're focusing on is, is, is coming up with resources and, and even, you know, potentially having a conference in, in the month of March to help our churches, train our, our churches on how to, um, serve our, our, our church family in the areas of mental health. Again, because for a lot of our pastors, that's just something that they just say, again, you know, that, that's, you know, beyond my pay grade, I, I have no clue how to, how to serve our, 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 our congregants in that. So again, that's just becoming another focus of ours um, as we go into this next year. But again, I, you know, this church has been faithful for a long time um, in, in, in your support of the convention and in your, in your support of, of all of these ministries and support of our missionaries. And again, I just want to say thank you. Um, you are making a difference. Sometimes it doesn't feel like, like we are, but you are. Um, because of you, 60 youth gave their lives to Christ at Cowan. Again, because of you, 60 plus at Parchment Valley. Because of you, college students are being reached. Um, so good job. Um, thank you. Um, and yeah, what, what questions do you have? I know I, I'm, I'm just kind of rambling at this point, but um, anything specifically when it comes to Ministries of the convention that I can give an update on. I can give you a bunch of updates. 
Yeah, so that, um, so our newest missionary, uh, Sarah McCloy, um, uh, was, was endorsed in January. Uh, we call her number 42. She's the 42nd missionary to be, to be sent out of our West Virginia Baptist Convention family to serve at International Ministries uh, since our formation. So really excited about that, a long legacy. Uh, but Sarah McCloy is our newest missionary. Um, she um, is about 80 to 85% funded now um, in, in terms of raising her support. Uh, she will be uh, heading to Japan. Um, so she already has her, her, her commissioning date. It's going to be in March. Um, just with full anticipation that she's going to raise the additional 15% between now and March. Um, but uh, she will be heading to Japan uh, to do evangelism, uh, to work uh, both with the church as an assistant pastor as well as with the school, um, working, uh, working with, with, with the children there. Um, one of the things that she shared with us is that in the entire population of Japan, there's less than 2 million Christians. Um, and the statistic that she always gave was that um, in the nation of Japan, there are actually four or five million vending machines. Supposedly, Japanese love vending machines. But she made the parallel that you're twice as, as likely to find a vending machine than you are a Christian in Japan, um, which, again, is just a sobering reality. But, again, that's where she's going to be going, again, intentionally engaging the Japanese uh, with, with the truth of the gospel. So uh, she's our newest missionary. Uh, we have newest missionary from West Virginia. We also have lots of missionaries uh, from all across the country um, that are being raised up every day um, uh, that, again, I could share stories on all of them, but she's our newest one from, from West Virginia. Are there any other WBBC uh, cooperative ministries in mission that uh, maybe historically we haven't been as active as we could be with the YBCS? Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things that we were historically active in that's just kind of fallen away is, is just even church planting. Um, again, going back to this, this idea that you know, the vast majority of people in West Virginia are unchurched. And so, um, you know, some, some look at that and say, okay, well then, why would we plant more churches if they're not coming to the current churches? <laughs> um, and... And again, among those being surveyed, they, they've admitted that they're, that they're more likely to attend a new church than they are an existing church. And so again, we have to figure out ways to be creative in our, in our church planting. Um, not just creating another church that has a steeple and pews, but again, back to this, this idea of, of, of this guy who started this Bible study around, around eating burritos at, at Moe's Southwestern Grill. Again, if, if that's going to reach a different demographic, then we have to figure out ways to be creative with that. So that's one of the things, too, is, is just challenging um, and, and praying that God would raise up you know, people to kind of think outside the box, um, to maybe look at, at ways of, of planting, planting more churches around our state. Um, so that's, that's one that, that we're really emphasizing. But again, God has to raise up the right individual to do that. Um, you know, that, that is one. Um, another another big prayer concern is, um, you know, we have dozens of churches around our state who have empty pulpits. Um, their pastors have resigned, their pastors have retired, they've passed away, whatever the case may be. You know, we've had some churches go two, three years without without a pastor. Um, 
and and again, again, you know, this church has been through, you know, various transitions over the years, and again, you know what that's like. But um, it, it's getting harder and harder to find <laughs> to find pastors, and so just praying that God would raise up the next generation of of pastors. Uh, there is a, a, a nice momentum, I think, that we're seeing. I don't know if Jason, if you saw it at the annual meeting, but. Um, Two, three years ago, Jason came to the annual meeting was probably the, the youngest pastor. Um, and now that there's probably, I don't know, there are a couple dozen pastors who were there that were younger than Jason now. Um, and so it, it, it's, it's great to see um, some young pastors um, serving within our convention family now. But again, just praying that God would raise up, raise up that next generation, um, I think is another, another thing. What other, any other questions? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yep. And as, as as you think about the significance and the impact of that, I mean, with with your coworkers, you're spending forty to fifty hours a week with them. I mean, God has given you an incredible opportunity of of relationship of of people that God has has put around you. You know, we gather here for church what three hours a week, maybe, um, but you have forty to fifty hours a week in the workplace, and so. Um, you know how can we how can we leverage that to reach people for Christ? been some talk in some of our sister churches about well, is this a good thing? Mm-hmm. Because you've got that struggle with well, we're reaching people now that we never would have reached otherwise. But at the same time, there's this desire to bring the family home again, so to speak. Um, has that tension been felt at the state level? Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you guys been discussing? Yeah, so back to our theme. The theme we've adopted is intentionally engaging Communities for Christ. So if you look at Facebook, if you look at YouTube, there are two terms, um, reached and engaged. Um, Facebook determines that someone is reached if they look at, if they just, if, 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 it's, a, if it's a post, if they just look at the post, they've been reached, even if it's just a quick scroll past. Um, a video, as long as they've watched three seconds of the video, they've been reached. And so, you know, I think early on in the pandemic, you know, people were really excited about, you know, a pastor said, you know, I, I, I preached a sermon and we've reached 10,000 people. 
Well, that just means 10,000 people may have just watched three seconds of your sermon and just, you know, just, just scrolled on. Um, but engaged means, uh, and I forget how Facebook defines it, but it's like one minute or three minutes or something where, where they, they actually stopped for a second and they engaged with, with the video a little bit. Um, you know, they sat there, there, there long enough. Um, and so, you know, for us, one of the things, again, going back to that term of, of intentionally engaging communities, um, you know, we're not just simply wanting to um, go across the bridge to where they are and, and, you know, give them the handout and say, you know, we've done our job, we've, we've reached them. Uh, but, but how can we actually, you know, engage them to where, you know, in some sort of dialogue where we're talking with them, they're talking to us, um, and we're getting to know each other, and, and, and we're sharing our stories with, with, with one another. And I think, you know, back, back to the online thing, um, you know, I think online has been good in, in reaching, reaching people. Um, but I would really encourage, if you're listening to this on a podcast, or if you're watching this online right now or, or later, um, to really consider how are you engaging with, with the church. And I would even challenge the church to think about how are you engaging with, with, with the viewer. Um, you know, simply to, you know, watch a sermon, it's not church, right? The, the church is, is, is a body um, of, of, of believers. And so, um, again, I'm, I'm not going to say that you have to be in, in the building, <laughs> Uh, to experience experience church, but I think you know even if you're watching online, you know how are you engaging with the rest of the body of Christ? And then even even from the church standpoint, if if a new person is is watching online or listening to a podcast, how are you engaging with them to actually invite them into the body? Um, again, I think makes it a little bit harder um, to think about. And um, but yeah, that, I don't I don't know if that that may, may just muddy the waters. <laughs> more for you, but that's kind of what we've wrestled with is um, we want to do more than just just reach them. We want to do more than just simply, you know, put out, out a billboard that they just drive past and, you know, notice the billboard. Um, but we want to have, you know, an impact on whoever, whoever it is. Um, you know, the questions often asked, again, you know, if, if, this church, if this church was not here, if this church building was not here, you know, would the community notice? I mean, would they notice that the steeple's not there? You know, that, that means that they're reached. Uh, would they notice that, um, that they're not being served in the same way? Would they notice that there's not as, as many community meals? Would they notice that, that um, you know, people aren't, aren't, aren't inviting them to, to certain things? You know, would they notice that, that the people, like, that, 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 that your presence is no longer being felt? If that's the case, I think you're, you're engaging them. And again, I think that's that's the goal is 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 not just letting them know that we're here, but but actually going to where they are and, and truly engaging them. And how to do that online is another is another challenge too. Anything else? Well, thank you for your time. And again, I, I really do want to challenge you. Um, don't just memorize this. 
Um, don't just don't just study this. Um, try it out. I, I promise it works. Um, it, it really does work. Again, we, we are commanded to go, therefore make, make disciples. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the legacy of this church. I thank you for the ways that you have used this church to change lives throughout this community, throughout our state, throughout our, our West Virginia Baptist Convention family as they change lives at Camp Cowan and through Baptist Campus Ministry and at Parchment Valley, through the School of Christian Studies, through the various other means. God, I thank you for the way that you've used this church to impact lives around the world, particularly those in, in Thailand and in Mexico. God, I, I, I pray for not only this church, but the other 360-plus churches of our, of our West Virginia Baptist Convention family, that, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would actually be doers. God, you've given us this command to, to go. And God, we live in a state where the vast majority of, of people are unchurched. They're not, they're not being reached through our, our invitations. They're not being reached through our podcast, even, or our Facebook feeds. They're not being reached through our, our, our scrolling billboards. They're not being reached through the programs that we're offering. But God, you've given us this, this command to, to go to where they are. And, and God, I, I pray that you would raise up laborers out of all of our churches to, to go and, and to engage the communities that they're a part of, to engage their, their families, to engage their, their grandkids, to engage their schools and their workplaces and the restaurants and, and, and neighborhoods and civic organizations and gyms and soccer fields and wherever else they're spending their time. God, I pray that you would raise up people that are passionate about making you known in whatever area of life that you take them. And so as we are going, help us to make disciples. God, give us the confidence knowing that we're going in the full authority of Christ, and that you are with us in every step of the way. Help us to live this out. I, I, I plead, help me to live this out. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at High Lawn Baptist Church. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. At High Lawn, we believe that when you love God, you share his word. When you love others, you spread the gospel. We would love for you to join us next time, and if possible, to join us in person, to contact or learn more about us, to donate to our ongoing ministry, or most importantly, to learn about the salvation offered to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Visit us at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Once again, thank you and God bless you.